Welcome, 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 Supriya. Thank you so much for agreeing to meet with us today. I'm talking to you from my condo in Quadra Village. I'm excited to talk to you about this important topic, music therapy. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Thana, for having me. I'm excited to have a discussion with you as well. So tell us, who is Supriya? What does she do? What was her journey with music therapy like? We want to hear all about it. Well, that's a big story and I'll try to do my best. <laughs> I'm a certified music therapist and I practice in Victoria, BC. I have a private practice working with youth and adults with neurologic conditions, including autism, um, trauma, and rehabilitation from a traumatic brain injury. Um, and so that's, I guess, the title of what I do. And my journey to become a music therapist, I guess, started when I was seven. I um, began classical piano lessons at the age of seven and played in festivals and did my Royal Conservatory education. And then I started getting into bands. So I started in church bands, playing with other people. From there, it grew to a love of hip-hop, soul, and funk music. So I played in some hip-hop, soul, and funk bands in my 20s. Um, and so that's sort of my journey into music. And then music therapy came a little bit more as a second or a third career for me. You know, after high school, many people go to university as you work for UVic. And I did my first undergrad degree at U of C, the University of Calgary in biological sciences and psychology. And at that time, I was playing in a band with a music therapist. And I didn't know at all what music therapy was. And I just sort of put it in my back pocket in terms of this idea of, oh, you can use music to help people. Interesting. So I went on my career of, of using science, helping other people and doing overseas work and international development. And then a couple years later, I ended up again in a band with a music therapist, the same one actually. And it really sort of intrigued me a little bit more because I was at that time teaching lessons and I was teaching singing and piano lessons and my students were coming to me with other needs beside learning how to play an instrument or learning how to sing. As soon as I started being more curious, I started investigating and researching different programs on how to help people with music. I found out about music therapy. There's a program in Vancouver at Capilano University, and I did my bachelor's degree there. And I've been practicing as a certified music therapist since 2012. So for someone who's new to music therapy and doesn't know anything about it, our listeners would probably like to know, what is music therapy? Is it age-defined or goal-defined? That's a great question, and it's a question that music therapists get all the time. What is music therapy? And a broad, general answer is music therapy uses music for non-musical goals. The ultimate goal of music therapy is not for our clients to play better or to know music better or become like a musical expert. It's not at all about that. Music is the means to help people through their challenges. And so in terms of it being age-defined or goal-defined, it's really about 
what your challenge is. And our challenges then, if we're being intentional about moving through a challenge, that means we have a goal in mind. And so we are looking at a goal and potentially what unifies our challenges might actually then be called a demographic. Our music therapist often specializes with demographics. So sometimes that could be long-term care with seniors. That can be um, children with ADHD. It can be supporting family members through trauma, like cancer or abuse or some sort of external um, disaster. Sometimes that can be palliative care, end-of-life support. So it really is about um, our clientele, our demographic, who we reach out to. And it really can be used at every age. I know um, there's music therapists who work um, in NICU supporting children who are born, babies who are born early. And the beauty about music that the research is showing is if you add music, a very specific kind of music, to support a feeding, premature babies will feed better when there's stimulating music being used. So things like that are super intriguing and really interesting to know that music can be used from beginning of life to end of life. We can imagine that through your, throughout your journey with music therapy, you worked with neurodiverse individuals. Can you tell us how you worked with people who had autism, for example? Absolutely, Dana. So I thought what could be interesting um, in telling your listeners about music therapy is to go over a couple techniques that I use. So just like, you know, when we go to see our psychotherapist or a clinical counselor, or maybe our massage therapist, each of these professionals has um, a bag of tools, if you will, that they bring through their professional understanding and their, and their schooling that they've done. And so I thought instead of trying to go over everything I do, I could walk through a few techniques that I use. So great question with autism. Um, I do work with children with autism. One of the things that I have found um, in my work, that I've observed in my work with um, kids with autism, is a really deep connection to sound and music. Sometimes this can also mean some challenges with sound tolerance. So if you have a deep connection to sound, some of those sounds are actually really terrible on the brain of a, of a child with autism. And you can see that with hands going over ears. You can see that sometimes with those harsh sounds for them that they're climbing up or there might be flailing or there might be a temper tantrum. I've worked with parents when sometimes some harsh sounds can almost put their child off for hours. And so one of the techniques I use with my clients with autism is we'll do adapted music lessons. So this targets a couple areas of need. The adaptive music lesson, um, we're looking at learning music, but the ultimate goal is actually to foster some self-confidence, foster fine and gross motor control, and foster sound tolerance through learning music. So for instance, and I think that um, we're going to be able to play a song that one of my clients worked on with me in which I was given consent to share on the radio. This song was specifically with a client who is doing adapted music lessons. So there's some challenges towards learning music in a traditional sense, and we work on that during the lesson. But at the same time, once we've taken the ability and harnessed it to, um, to actually play on the piano and read notes, we can go into GarageBand and start sampling with loops. 
we can start sampling with my MIDI and we're starting to listen to sounds that are are usually actually very troublesome on the brain, almost like fingernails on a chalkboard. We all know what that sounds like. It's terrible. And some of those sounds that we hear every day don't bother our brain, but they can actually bother the brain of some of my clients so much so that it is very much like fingernails on a chalkboard. So when we're going through GarageBand and experimenting with these different volumes, these different timbres, these different pitches, these different intonation, we're starting to build awareness of different sounds and the ability to be okay with those different sounds. And that can mean a world of difference for the day-to-day life of a child. When sounds are so aggravating that you can't think anymore, all of a sudden, if you're building sound tolerance, your day is less, less harsh and you're able to navigate it more easily. So this is a client song. In it, you'll hear, I think that there's about eight or nine tracks on here. And so you'll hear some of that MIDI sound. If you hear guitar, if you hear keyboard, if you hear bass, this is all inputted by my client through the MIDI into my, into my GarageBand platform. So you'll hear some of that, uh, my client actually playing the sounds. And then what you're hearing is it's supported by some loops, some, uh, I think maybe it was sort of a hip hop style, maybe like chill, down tempo. You're going to hear some loops in there. And then you're going to hear some elements of different instruments and different digital sounds. And really, it was a really fun project to sort of see the, the joining of music learning plus the self-esteem. It's so fun. I just have to say, once we finally finish this piece, and it's so thrilling as a therapist to watch your client feel so proud of themselves and their hard work. So that will be my introduction to this song.
while preparing for our interview, you mentioned working with youth and trauma. Can you tell us about your experience of working with youth and trauma? So in working with youth and trauma, um, there can be various backgrounds um, with my clients that I've worked with. So this might be supporting a youth through a traumatic um, experience like divorce with their parents, death of a loved one, cancer, personal experiences with cancer, cancer in the family with a sibling or a parent, abusive experiences. And so the, the work with trauma is around moving through those deep feelings and how that feels in our body and in our emotional and mental health and being able to support them as they process and release some of these feelings. And music is such a powerful way of being able to communicate without words. With youth, is particularly I find the impact a little bit more deep because, you know, a lot of us have had that experience of youth music. As we enter our teenage years, we find ourselves to feel more deeply the lyrics of songs that we start to enjoy. We explore different genres. We explore different artists. It's one of those times in our lives that music begins to have a more meaningful and deeper impact. And so using that connection that youth have to music as another nonverbal way of communicating has been, I've seen a, a lot of efficacy in my practice with this. And sometimes that starts with us listening to music and then being able to talk about our feelings. It's sort of tangential when you sort of are able to let an artist, a musical artist, say these feelings. And then they begin to resound with the youth. And then we're able to more accurately get into our bodies, into our brains, and start to process some of our feelings around these challenging scenarios. One beautiful way of sort of being able to take music and make it our own is through songwriting. And so I'll often use songwriting with um, my youth as a way to express our feelings. You're really able to feel the connection, not just by the words, but by the chords, right? Like for those of us with um, musical backgrounds, we know the shift that happens between major and minor. We know the shift that happens between high pitches and low pitches. So as a music therapist, I'll support my client to um, feel those feelings and change the shift in the, in, the, in the words and the expressions that we're doing. So we can write songs from scratch, which is a great way to put our expressions into a tangible product. And I thought, you know, it's, it's kind of ambiguous to describe what songwriting looks like for people who don't write songs. If you're curious about this, I, I would really encourage your listeners to take a listen to the song um, Three Hour Drive by Alicia Keys featuring Sampha. So they can listen to the song, but they can also go over to Netflix and there's a show called Song Exploder. There is an episode with Alicia Keys on this particular song. If you're curious what songwriting looks like, a music therapist will actually facilitate a session or sessions with clients that is using a lot of the techniques that Alicia Keys is doing with Sampha in terms of processing pain or processing joy. It's really cool. I'm going to give you a little bit of background to the song, but Alicia Keys is processing like the depth of her joy and engagement with motherhood as Sampha is expressing the pain of losing his mother. And they're 
talking about this joint depth of feeling, but in such different experiences. And they come up with this song, Three Hour Drive. And that sort of gives you this idea of like, okay, if you wanted to take a look at songwriting and music therapy, go check this episode out. But essentially with youth, we take those feelings and put it with music and it becomes a story that you can tell yourself and tell others. And it's really a powerful tool of expression. And as we know, uh, mental health affects a lot of people, but music therapy is a way of dealing with it. We would love to hear about how you worked with music and mental health through something I think you mentioned while we were preparing our uh, interview, which is adapted lyric writing. Yes. So adapted lyric writing takes a song that we know and we change the words to make it our own. So in mental health, music therapists can sometimes often work with other professions in group settings. So for instance, I've worked with occupational therapists and eating disorders clinic. I've worked with youth care workers uh, supporting youth in trauma. Right now, I'm working with Our Place and New Roads, supporting their residents in recovery. And in a group setting, we'll use adapted lyric writing to to first of all, start a conversation about whatever topic we're talking about. You know, it it might be around coping skills. So if you're going through um, recovery and you're trying to think about coping skills and making good choices, we'll facilitate a discussion and we'll come up with, um, as a group, how we feel and methods for coping and how we feel when we've made positive solutions and how we feel when we've, we've put out negative solutions. And after we've brainstormed these feelings, we can take a song we know and change up some of those lyrics for words that mean something more for us. So for instance, there was a, a session I was doing at the eating disorders clinic at um, St. Paul's in Vancouver, we were talking about coping skills and we were talking about how it feels when you want to make a good choice, you want to make a positive choice and it's hard and it's difficult. So what are some things that we can tell each other in order for us to be encouraged to make that positive choice and to feel supported by others and feel supported by the group, even though the group might not be there. And so we were having these conversations. And then as the brainstorm was happening, and as lyrics were coming out and words were coming out, and we changed the verse, then we started looking at the chorus. And we talked about what are some words that would make us feel supported? How do we continue to go on this journey of recovery through our our mental health? We took a song, Stand By Me, and we revamped the lyrics to mean something for the group. So a lot of people know the song, Stand By Me. Oh, darling, darling, stand by me. Oh, stand. So we know that song. So we took our group and we formatted it and worked towards what would be meaningful. In the end, we ended up making the song and recording it uh, as well. And the words that meant something to the group or stay strong. So when you're feeling that challenge and you know that you want to make a choice that's unhealthy, stay strong. And when you know that the group has supported you through this recovery, stay strong. And so it became, it became, oh, darling, darling, stay, stay strong. Oh, 
So these words are now impactful and meaningful for us only. Yeah, I did. I did find some clients there were like, I need that recording. That would be great to have when I depart the program. Having these personalized words to familiar songs builds another coping skill. This is our final question, Supriya. Can you tell us how someone who's new to music therapy can access it? Is it accessible? How does someone go about uh, reaching this uh, field and getting it integrated into their life? If you're interested in accessing music therapy for yourself as an individual, you can um, go at do what we all do, pull out your browser on your computer and Google it. And you're going to find some articles. You'll find how it's used um, in various settings and to support various mental, um, cognitive and emotional health and physical health. If you're here in BC and you want to talk to a music therapist, go to mtabc.com and find a therapist and you'll find someone in your own area who practices. Um, If you're here in Victoria and want to reach out to me, you can reach out to me um, through my website, sapriacrocker.com. If you're an organization and you'd like to see music therapy in your organization and you want to start having conversation on how it could complement the social services that you already offer, um, feel free to reach out to me here in Victoria. I'm the Vancouver Island Regional Representative for a Professional Association, so happy to help you walk through that. And then if you are a parent of someone with autism, Autism Funding Unit will provide um, funding for music therapy services, so you can start that process as well. There isn't um, a lot of coverage through extended healthcare, but you can access funding for music therapy, like I said, through the Autism Funding Unit and other avenues have been through ICBC if you're recovering from a brain injury, as well as some of the home learning organizations like Self Design, they also fund music therapy. Thank you so much, Supriya. This was a real uh, treat talking to you about music therapy. She's a local music therapist in town in Victoria. And uh, her website will help you get in touch with her and learn about music therapy. You can find more information about Supriya's work on www.supriyacrocker.com. Supriya is spelled S-U-P-R-I-Y-A, Crocker, C-R-O-C-K-E-R.com. Thank you again, Supriya, and hope to see you again in the near future. Take care. Thank you so much, Dana, for having me here. It was a pleasure to talk with you about music therapy and what music therapists do.